Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're so happy that you're here with us. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're so glad to have you here with us. It's now April, and later this month, um, it's going to be National Infertility Awareness Week. Um, if you've been following our ministry for a while, you know that we use this time uh, to just kind of, it's a secular event really, but we try to put our Springs in the Desert kind of Catholic spin on it and just raise awareness about um, the prevalence of infertility, the struggle of infertility, and like what it's like to experience this. So at the end of this month, you're going to see a lot of content from us um, related to this topic and just things that you can share with your priest, your friends, your family, um, your diocese, whatever it might be, so that you can, um, yeah, just raise awareness about the experience of infertility. So as part of that, um, we wanted to bring on some podcast guests who are there working with people uh, in their professional lives who are struggling with infertility and other aspects of, you know, family life and marriage um, in the church. So I'm really excited to have Two wonderful women here with me today, Michelle Cronister and Danielle Abril. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. And both of these women work in the Archdiocese of St. Louis in the Natural Family Planning Office. Did I get that right? Office of Natural Family Office Planning. Office of Natural Family Planning. Like thing, I'm not about arrange it that way, but yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, we have been connected with these ladies uh, for a little while and kind of following each other on social media and sharing different things that we have going on. So we just thought it would be an awesome opportunity to hear from them and just to hear about what they have going on and thoughts they have about ministering to couples dealing with infertility and loss. So ladies, just to um, welcome you both, would you mind each introducing yourselves and just, yeah, sharing a little bit about your story or uh, how you got to be working where you are today? So uh, uh, Michelle, I'll go ahead and start with you. Sure. Thanks. Um, So I guess professionally, I've been working in the office of NFP for five years. No, wait five and a half years now um, (laughs) as a social media manager. So I started back in 2016. Actually started shortly after um, the loss of my third little one. So um, we have been blessed with three living children. Um, We had multiple. And so after our our first one was just like, just borderline like infertility, we ended up like just shy of six months being able to conceive. So that was, she's our little miracle baby because since then we found out I have PCOS and it, it's pretty amazing that she was able to be conceived. Um, And then we had a really long stretch of secondary infertility. And then we had our second and then another long stretch of secondary infertility. And then we were able to have this third little one who passed away, our little Gabriel Um, was such a gift to our family. And then I think that he prayed for a miracle because we had no problems conceiving our fourth baby. And um, I, I have no way to account for it other than the fact that I think he just prayed for a little sister, (laughs) which is great. So, um, yeah, so we've experienced sort of like miscarriage and secondary infertility. And so definitely have a heart for those areas of our ministry, but I also have very good friends who've experienced, um, primary infertility and seen a lot of what they've gone through. And I think especially sort of the forgotten nature of it. And I've experienced even in my own life, you know, being involved in a Catholic community, 
having people we jokingly have called it like lapping us because you know it's like you have your your first child and then it's like oh okay well this person is just pregnant with their second and then you're still trying for your second and they're on their like third or fourth and you're just like okay i guess i'm not gonna catch up to that that's not what god has in mind for my family so um so yeah definitely have experienced like that sort of like hidden nature of it um but we've been really blessed in that my husband is actually a professor at our local archdiocesan seminary and the rector is amazing and just like encourages spouses and children of professors to visit frequently so i've had an opportunity to have a lot of really great conversations with seminarians who are all like eager to learn everything you know and just making our family visible as a family that you know doesn't have you know we've been married for over a decade we only have three living children. I mean, only we're, we're blessed to have the three living children we have. Like, you know, I, I don't take that for granted. Um, but still compared to some of the other families that come in there, you know, with their like, you know, eight or nine kids. And it's just like, you know, you always have that fear that people are being as less than. But instead, I, I feel like we're able to share our story with the guys and give them a little window into that. And then also share the stories of people we know who haven't been able to conceive at all and help them to understand like, look, just because a couple is sitting there and they don't have children in their pew doesn't mean that they aren't a holy, faithful Catholic couple. Um, And just getting a chance to kind of amplify those voices along with like sharing our experience with them has just been such a gift. So that kind of all flows into my work professionally here at the Office of Financial Family Planning. So I'm the social media manager, which basically means I manage all of our social media channels, um, create some content for YouTube, and then manage our our accounts for Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and so I've been doing that for the last, you know, five and a half years. And it's been one really, really exciting to see how much more content has come out in that time in regards to, I mean, Catholic Catholicism and NFP in general, but especially um, infertility and NFP and from a Catholic perspective, because as we all know, it's completely different when you're not coming from a Catholic perspective and it can be hard for people to understand like, well, why can't you, why can't you just do IVF, you know, or why can't you just do this? Or, and it's hard to find people who can talk well about how sometimes it's a matter of accepting God's plan for your family. Sometimes it's a matter of taking other routes. Sometimes it's a matter of, you know, accepting that God maybe is called is wanting to heal the woman and her body, but that doesn't necessarily mean she's called to have a child but that that's also still a gift because you as a woman, your health really, really matters. And it's really important, you know, and getting to talk about things like spiritual maternity and that sort of thing. So I think that for myself and now um, the other two other people, we've, I mean, we have a few other people who are really committed to this ministry on our staff, but when Danielle joined up, I knew her background and I'll let her share her own story in a little bit. (laughs) Our marketing manager is also someone who experienced primary infertility and ended up, fostering and adopting a child. And so between the three of us, we've all experienced various aspects of what infertility looks like, mm-hmm. and especially from the Catholic perspective. But all of us have the opportunity as people who work in the church to sort of share our stories. And yet we know so many stories that are not shared, you know, mm-hmm. and we know of a lot of people who really think that they're alone out there and that nobody else is experiencing what they're experiencing. And so I think for me personally, I have a real heart for making sure that we share a lot of really good content on our social media feeds that are amplifying the voices of those who are experiencing infertility or secondary infertility or miscarriage from a Catholic perspective and are also just kind of raising awareness for those who aren't. 
Um, and to make sure that those who aren't understand that just because you see a family with fewer kids than you, it doesn't mean that they're not faithful. Um, and I can't speak to primary infertility because like I said, we just barely snuck in that window with our first, <laughs> thankfully. But as someone who's experienced secondary infertility, there's also this this piece of feeling like you're not a good Catholic because you don't have more. Right. And then you feel guilty going to the infertility community because you want to say, well, but I do have some, you know, I mean, I have hanging on our bedroom wall. I have pictures of all four of our children, including the little ultrasound picture. And I hold on to that. And I'm just, I, when we got married, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to conceive at all. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to conceive again, but the fact that I have them makes me feel bad complaining. And yet secondary infertility is hard and it is a grief and it is that sort of thing. So from a personal perspective, I, I really always look to share those sorts of stories, but also just as someone who's been a friend with people who've experienced primary infertility, I want them to know that their marriages count in the church. Yeah. And they don't just count like we need them and we need their marriages and that their health matters. It's not just about the end point of getting a baby, you know? So that's a little bit about what I do and what I'm passionate about and personally where I'm coming from with all that. But it's just been an incredible gift to work with the office of NFP who really cares about the women in our archdiocese who are experiencing infertility. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> that is all awesome. hundred percent. Like you spoke to, to our heart in this ministry too. Like, you know, we often talk about how infertility looks different for everyone, you know, and by sharing these different stories and different journeys, we realize like how unique each one is, but also like what we have in common, right? Which is that like thing, our expectations are not usually or always any barely ever, I guess, no matter where you are on the fertility <laughs> spectrum, like not met. And yeah, it's not about the externals, right? It's about like what's what God's doing on the inside. And um, so I just I love hearing that. Thank you so much for sharing what you did about your story. And I'm so grateful that you all are doing what you're doing in the archdiocese. Like what an amazing gift to not only the people there, but also to all of us who can read and, and hear about it on, you know, thanks to social media and opportunities like this. So that's awesome and so beautiful. <laughs> you uh, guys are an amazing gift to us too, I just want to say. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ever since you guys have come on the scene, Danielle and I are like, our job is just so much easier. Oh. <laughs> never, you know, our office shares like a sort of in Kindle Wednesday and every Wednesday we share, you know, things related to infertility. And now it's just like, oh, okay, well, we'll just I'll just check Springs in the Desert. I'm sure they've come up with something. And inevitably you have. So we're awesome. grateful for you guys too. Love it. Love it. Well, uh, Danielle, you have actually written for our blog. I should have mentioned that from the beginning. So I'll link to your blog post in our show notes. But awesome. yeah, why don't you share a little bit about your journey here and what, what you're doing right now with the Archdiocese? Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anne. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me on tonight. I'm so excited. And um, Michelle, thank you for everything you shared. Just want to echo. Um, you, you said a lot of the things that um, I was thinking. <laughs> so I, I love what you've said, echo what you've said. Um, so I, too, work with the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I work primarily as the writer and the editor of our e-newsletter, uh, which we send out monthly to uh, I think we have almost a thousand subscribers at this point. So we feel pretty good about that. Um, and I work as one of the writers on our blog, um, which you can check out at nfpgoodforlife.com. And I also, and this is kind of why I'm joining tonight, is a partner in the Enkindle Infertility Ministry. And as Michelle said, one of our biggest outreaches is that we offer a monthly rosary um, in which we invite all people who are experiencing infertility or who have family members 
experiencing infertility to join in and pray the rosary. And we offer various reflections and uh, have different guests on. And we had we had one of the guests from Springs in the Desert on, um, and that was just a beautiful uh, guest that we had. And we'd love to have you guys back again. Um, so my heart has been especially drawn to working with the infertility mis- ministry because of my own family has struggled on and off with infertility um, back since our marriage um, in 2008. Um, it's a very long story, but um, to make a long story short, <laughs> uh, we suffered from primary infertility um, for about two years, and then we were able to achieve a pregnancy uh, with the help of NAPRO and Creighton, um, but then we did suffer a miscarriage um, in 2010 of our daughter, Catherine, um, and we really were able to move forward and found some peace in God's you know, answer and purpose to our infertility, um, and that we adopted our daughter. And then in moving forward, we also became foster parents, and so a big part of um, what I like to speak to in the infertility and ado- world is adoption and foster care, not as necessarily an answer or a way to like, oh, you're infertile, so put this bandaid on the wound, but as a way that I think that God sometimes uses to call you into this deeper ministry. And it's certainly the way he called me into this ministry. Um, and so it's it's defined a lot of my, the last sort of 10 years of my life in if I had never had infertility, I never would have pursued these things and it's made me who I am. And so I'm just deeply grateful for that. So I love to speak on those issues. Um, so moving forward, we did end up having uh, two biological children and we currently have four children that we have adopted. We did two through private adoption and two through um, foster care adoption. So we've kind of done both ends of the spectrum. Um I thought I'd mention that I periodically blog on my personal blog um, at unrepeatableblessings.com. And I'm active on both uh, Instagram and Facebook at Danielle Diana Brill. So thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing all that. And we'll link to your, yeah, your, your blog and also the blog that you wrote for Springs in the Desert as well, which is just beautiful. So awesome. Thanks. Just awesome. Just each story is so unique. And I just, it's such a joy to, to hear <laughs> when I get to, post these podcast episodes, hear all the different ways God's working, you know, in people's lives through this great grief, but all the good that he's doing um, through it. So thank you both for coming on. And um, just to kind of start off the conversation, I want to ask, you know, what is going, what what do you have going on in your office, your NFP office uh, right now? And you talked about some things already, but um, specifically, like, what's it been like for you to walk with women and couples who are dealing with infertility and loss? Like, what are some experiences that stand out to you, or what have you learned, or what's surprised you? I'll start with you, Michelle. Yeah. So, as I say, I think for us personally, we're not the ones that are working one on one with women. Um, we have an amazing woman that we need to connect you with because I'm sure you would have an incredible conversation with her. And she's sort of our on staff therapist. And so she offers free of charge to women and couples within the archdiocese, free counseling sessions with the goal of working through the issues around infertility. And so she's absolutely wonderful. And um, yeah, she gets a lot of credit for that sort of hands-on work. I think that for us, a lot of what we're doing is wanting to really amplify this part of the conversation. I feel like when we talk about NFP, most people think, 
oh, okay, it doesn't work. I'm going to just end up with a ton of kids. I need to, you know, I've, I've personally known couples who have entered into it so afraid that they were going to get pregnant and they, you know, had to avoid for some sort of serious reason for a couple of years. Then they try and they can't get pregnant, you know, and I think it's, that's an aspect of natural family planning that doesn't get talked about nearly enough. And yet it's something that I think a lot of couples experience, whether it's primary or secondary infertility. And so I think that one of, one of our goals and something we talk about in a lot of our meetings is wanting to make sure that those Catholic couples are heard and that they're seen. And I think knowing too, that, you know, most dioceses don't have an office of natural family planning. That's kind of unique. We have um, the head of our office right now. She's one of the founding people behind the Creighton method of, infer- of natural family planning. And so we just kind of, and we had uh, previously Cardinal Burke was our archbishop years back. And so I think he was the one that actually launched the office of NFP because he was like, this is really important. Couples really need it. And we are so grateful that he did because it is sort of like a beacon. And we have a lot of other dioceses reach out to us because they want to be able to provide different resources. It's just that not having an office means they don't have dedicated resources working towards that. So something that we do try to do is we try to make programs, make resources that can be shared with other dioceses and with ministries such as your own, so that we can really extend our reach beyond just our archdiocese. So to that end, right now we have a really exciting program that we're in the process of licensing and releasing into the world called Wonder of Eve. And it is a program specifically for high school aged girls to learn about their cycles and to learn about what it is a woman's body does and why that's incredible and why it's not you know, a curse, but a blessing. And so, you know, it has a little bit of the science thrown in, a little bit of the theological aspects. We've been presenting it locally for years now and have been presenting it remotely to other places in the midst of COVID and everything. And we've just gotten so many requests for purchasing that they're going through this whole process of licensing and it's nearly completed. So it's an incredible program. Um, Got some great feedback on it. A lot of people are just so grateful because it's such an important conversation now with girls. And I know one of the women who works with that and is one of our presenters, and she's a crane practitioner, she experienced really bad endometriosis as a teenager. And she was one of the rare few who had a mom who actually was able to connect her with an Afro doctor. And so her endometriosis was resolved while she was a teenager and she's doing very well now, but she has this personal passion for reaching out to teenagers because so many teens experience these problems which down the line lead to infertility. And, you know, who knows if maybe they were addressed at a younger age, if maybe infertility wouldn't have even have been part of their story, you know? Yes. And I think a lot of us have experienced, yeah, right. And a lot Mm -hmm. of us have experienced that sort of thing where like, you know, if, if we had only known when we were younger, there would have been a lot of suffering spirit. So that's something really exciting where there's a partner program coming along with that too, which is not yet in the licensing or is it in Danielle can correct me. Is beauty of even the licensing yet? I think we're not yet for licensing yet. Yeah. yeah, So locally we're presenting and then remotely, I think from a distance, the beauty of Eve program, which is for women above high school age. And it's very similar content. It does get a little bit more into some of the specifics scientifically, medically, and that sort of thing, just because you're dealing with adults. But it's the same sort of thing, too, just kind of presenting the beauty of what the church teaches. And I think there's a sort of misnomer, both with issues around natural family planning, with infertility, where people think, oh, the church is teaching this because the church wants to control us or something like that, without seeing that there's beauty behind the truth. And it's not about controlling, but it's about 
thriving as, you know, as human beings, like all of God's commandments are about helping us thrive as human beings, you know? And I think in infertility, we can see this when we hear stories from women who have experienced like IVF, it sounds like an absolutely terrible experience. And you get into things like surrogacy and all the attachment issues that come with that and with children and women. And like, there's, there's just a lot of things that are not good for human thriving. And, you know, I think that our Catholic perspective offers this other way, this way that accepts that suffering is a part of life and that we don't have to like it, but that mm -hmm. there can still be God's grace at work in our experiences of suffering, that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, so hopefully Beauty of Eve and Wonder of Eve will be two things that will help people around the country as well as within our archdiocese to be able to share that news with young women, teenage women, all the way on up so that they know that there's another way to do things. So I think that's probably one of the big things we're working on. Another thing that we're continually working on is our outreach to priests. So um, we have posts that we share with the Curia on a regular basis with resources from our office. We have these priest binders that we had just launched this. So the idea was to get one of these binders chock full of NFP information to every priest in the archdiocese. And we were in the midst of launching it and then COVID happened. So I still have a box of them sitting in my basement <laughs> to make their way to a certain priest on my list. But, um, but the idea is we want to try to get resources to our priests because I, and I know this as well, even just from having conversations with seminarians and some priests that our family are friends with that they really want to help. And sometimes they just don't know how, or it just doesn't even occur to them that, you know, X, Y, or Z is a thing. And I know our family has been really blessed in that. I always like to share the story of with our miscarriage, what our support was like in that, because it's so unusual and unlike what most people experience. Um, so my husband was working as an adjunct at the seminary at the time before he was full-time, he was still in grad school. And when we lost our little one, we had, you know, we had one priest friend who was like, I can try to make, you know, I can try to squeeze an insane mass, but I might not be able to. And then we had, we ended up with three concelebrants at his funeral mass, which is just like insane, you know? And then we had our pastor was the one that did the burial. He wasn't able to do the funeral mass, but he made sure to come to the burial and he did that service. And then we had priests and seminarians there and at the funeral mass. And just like this little guy, I mean, I was, probably nine weeks along when I lost him, like teeny tiny little guy, you know, got to experience the fullness of what could be in terms of recognizing his little life. You know, we also were blessed with a Catholic OBGYN and, you know, before I, I needed a DNC to deliver him. And beforehand I asked him like, you know, can you do a conditional baptism? And he looked at me and he was like, I always do. Mm. And I'm just like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, what if, what if every woman had that opportunity, you know, because there's, there's a piece in knowing like I've done everything I could possibly do for this child. And most women don't have that opportunity to acknowledge that this is a real person, you know? Um, and so I think we want to help our priests to see that and to have resources around miscarriage too, so that more women can have that sort of experience, maybe not of concelebrants. That's just kind of being the kid of a seminary professor, I think. <laughs> but, you know, just having their parish priest know to reach out and know to connect. And I know since we've launched this sort of thing, I've had some of these priests then turn around back to me and be like, hey, so what what suggestions do you have? Again, I have this couple who's just experienced miscarriage. What can you tell me about this? And it just opens the conversation. So that's part of what we're really passionate about. We actually, too, also have some of our women on staff 
teach a course at the seminary every spring to the transitional deacons who are on the verge of getting ordained priests that goes over everything NFP related, including miscarriage and infertility and all of that, just to help them to be aware of what couples are experiencing when they're trying to live out the Catholic faith Mm. and be open to life. So yeah, there's a lot of really exciting things happening. Oh, that's so that's so hopeful and so encouraging to hear. Um, It speaks to just the idea that like, sometimes they just don't know. We hear that all the time. You know, it's like when you don't have the resource or you haven't had that conversation, you just don't know what you don't know. So this is, I think, what's so exciting about like even having social media and these ways of connecting today. It's like so much easier to share information and um, yeah, I'm just super encouraged by your your stories there. Um, I want to ask in a minute about people who may be in a diocese um, who don't have these resources. Obviously, they can connect with you, you know, through social media and maybe share some of what you have in your diocese. But um, I wanted to give you a chance, Danielle, if you wanted to add anything to sure. just kind of what you guys have going on or any perspective that you wanted to add. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think Michelle covered it really, really well. Um, I was going to mention the beauty of Eve and wonder of Eve. I've been really blessed, especially in the last year to be involved with that. And the women who go through that just cannot say enough about the beauty of it, of what they've learned about their own fertility, because it's amazing. We go through these classes as we're, you know, going up through school and we think we've learned about our fertility, but we've learned like a drop in the ocean about our fertility. And then you take this class, this either Beauty of Eve or Wonder of Eve, and you learn how just how fantastic it is that your body works together. And one of my favorite parts in it is that we talk about the female superpowers. Um, and so it's just it's really fantastic. And I think uh, along with Michelle, that if we start with these young women and working with them to understand their fertility, track their fertility, we will be able to deal with some of the problems that we're having with infertility a lot sooner. I know my own, my own journey. Um, I, I had problems from the, you know, from the time basically my menstruation started. And I feel like if that had been known and addressed, I could have been at a really good spot when I got married to be able to start dealing with my situation instead of being at step one, I could have been at step 10 or, you know, whatever. So um, I just really encourage people to look into that. We do offer those options virtually And then, yes, we will be licensing them in the coming days. So there's a lot of ways for even people outside our diocese to or archdiocese to access those. Um, But the other thing I just I just really wanted to note, um, as I said, I've been kind of around the infertility world since, you know, 2008. And it, it really is interesting. A beautiful thing, I think, is happening in that when I first started and I know when I was first in it, it was very much this lonely place where you felt like there is no one else here with me and you do your Google search of like Catholics infertility. And there was like no books, no internet, you know, no resources. And even in the past, like two, three years, I've just seen this blossoming of resources and it's just so beautiful. And I just, I, I think the U S bishops have made a real conscious effort. I remember there being a, um, survey, which they made a real conscious effort to look into it. Um, Springs in the Desert, you guys have done a beautiful job. And so I just want to really note the, the the beautiful efforts and coming together of recognizing and helping to make this community seen, because that certainly wasn't the case even five years ago. And I think women are seeing that because I every once in a while, someone will connect me kind of on a personal level with a woman who's kind of in the in the trenches struggling. Um, and it, they just, I, I can feel their gratitude that like, 
oh, I'm not alone. And like, they'll tell me part of their story and I'll be like, yep, I was there, you know, and I can, I can give them, I can tell them back my part of that story and our stories. Yes, they're different, but there's the suffering that, you know, that suffering that we felt, we can so feel each other suffering. And I can go right back to that moment when that suffering was deep. Um, and so I just thank you for, for what you guys are doing and let's continue to work together because I, I don't ever want any woman to feel, you know, the way I did back 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago, when you just thought that you were the only one going through this. Awesome. <laughs> I love that so much. Michelle, it looks like you wanted to add one more thing maybe to the... Oh, yeah. Um, Danielle, do you want to also mention another one of our supports is the Adoption Fund? Sure. Yes. So we also run an adoption grant that um, we... It was kind of born out of a need. And so each year we have families primarily from the archdiocese um, who apply, but it is kind of widening possibly um, depending on as, as our, as our funding grows, we're hoping to widen it. So the, the more funding we get, the more we can, can expand it. But um, several families each year received funds to be able to help with their adoptions. And our family was one of the families chosen in 2020. And so it's just, such a tangible blessing because you hear, you know, the church say, well, you know, Joel, why don't they just adopt those babies or, you know, all these different, different things and platitudes. And it's like, no, here is the church, like putting money where their mouth is. And so, especially for our family, it, it made such a difference in this adoption that it was, it was clearly God's call for our family. So um, yeah, just, I, I, that, I mean, that's one area I would say, if I know we're going to move on to talk about what we can do in moving forward to help other dioceses. And that would be like one of the first things I would say is put your money where your mouth is, you know, and how can we develop funds? And what we do, this is through, you know, community fundraising. So it's not something where one person has to put up a big amount of money, but communal fundraising. So I think that would be a big step in the right direction for those of us who are called to, to adopt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> that's one of the misconceptions that we hear all the time is people just don't understand how expensive it can be in certain situations. So I love that. That's a great, great thing that you have to offer in a way that other dioceses definitely could um, could mirror that. Uh, what else do you have uh, to say to yeah someone who may be listening who just feels like, oh, there's nothing here where I am. Like, I don't even know where to start. I'm afraid to talk to my pastor or... <laughs> There's nothing listed on my diocesan website um, as far as offering support for couples who may be dealing with infertility and loss. What would you say to them uh, other than following, of course, uh, your awesome social media pages and, and our social media pages and websites? What else? What other advice would you have? I mean, my first thing I think is reach out to your priest, because I think sometimes I, I know Michelle touched upon this. The priests just don't know. And it's one of those things you don't know what you don't know. And so I think until we start making enough, you know, noise <laughs> and telling them like, this is a, this is a place where you're not ministering. We can't blame them for not ministering. They, they don't know they're not ministering there. So I would say just arrange a sit down with your priest, let them know what you're going through and say, this is what I envision needing. Now expect your priest to say, would you like to lead that? <laughs> because that's what happens every time I do this, this thing. But um, I mean, talk to your priest and then, yeah, I would say if you can form a local group, because I think that I think the uh, this is something we've talked about in our office a lot, too, is that 
yes, these online things are really nice, but a local group where you can really sit down and know someone face to face, really super important because these are very intimate issues that we're, that you're discussing. So form a local group if you're possible, if that's possible. And then I would say, yeah, if, if you can't do that, there's, a, there's becoming a lot of groups online to find a local group and at least connect to, to something online so that you have somebody so you don't feel alone. Yeah, and I'll build on that by saying, knowing a lot of these priests and seminarians so well, they would love it if you invite them over for dinner. Like that's, I think the the biggest thing you can do to one, really have a personal connection with them because once someone's been to your house for dinner, it just changes everything about the dynamic of the relationship. You're a real family. You come from a concrete home. You know, they're able to experience what the dynamics of that home are like. You know, if the thing you're wanting to talk to them, to them about is miscarriage or a secondary infertility and you happen to have living children, that's so good for them to experience and see what that looks like. Um, but even if it's, you know, the gift of just you and your husband and your marriage that they get to witness firsthand, because I think at least what I've seen with a lot of these guys is they have sort of an idealized vision of what marriage could be <laughs> going into ordination. And it gets knocked off like pretty quickly once they're actually ordained. It's always really interesting talking to guys that are like a year out and they'll be like, yeah, I didn't see that coming at all. You know, because the realities of marriage and family life are intense. And there are a lot of really hard challenges and really difficult things that they're experiencing. So have them over to dinner and, you know, don't have them over with the idea of we are going to have this discussion so that I can get this thing out of you, but just have them over to let them just the dinner itself is part of the work that you're doing in raising their awareness because, you know, down the line, if they know your family's story down the line, when they encounter somebody struggling with miscarriage or struggling with infertility, they'll think of your family and a good priest will make those connections, mm -hmm. you know? So that's, I mean, that's just huge. But, um, but then also, yeah, it just, it, it really puts a face to what's happening there. Cause like I said, most of them really want to help, but they just have these sort of idealized visions of what it looks like, which is very different than when they talk to a family and see their lived experience and hear their lived experience. So I think that that's just huge. And I think you can do that no matter where you are, even the busiest of priests, if they're worth their salt, will make mm -hmm. time to come and be with your family. You know, even I keep having people tell us too, that like apparently archbishops really like this and bishops really like this. We have, we're friends with our, our diocese auxiliary bishop, just because he was our pastor long before he was a bishop, but I have not gotten up the nerve to invite our archbishop over. But if you have the nerve to do that, apparently bishops like this do, you know, but yeah, just make your families. It's not even necessarily about forming a ministry or getting your pastor to do a formal program. It's just about those relationships yeah. and making those connections in those relationships. The other thing I want to say is that our our office is really passionate about wanting to make sure that people have access to our resources. So, you know, a lot of our focus in terms of content creation online, even like the newsletter is not just limited to people who live in the archdiocese and all of our social media feeds, that content is meant to be shared and we want it to be shared. And we have some things like, you know, pamphlets and printouts and things like that that can be ordered. We have these programs that we're licensing that can be used by other archdioceses and dioceses and whatnot. So we know that we're really blessed and fortunate to have an Office of Natural Family Planning and an, and an infertility ministry in our archdiocese and that that's really unusual. So we try to make use of that those gifts to be able to make as much content as possible that can then be used by dioceses that don't have that ability. 
So to that end also, you know, people should feel free to share any of the content we share, any of the things that, you know, we write or whatever, so that they can help raise awareness too. And it's sometimes it's easier to say, hey, I read this article and it kind of puts into words what I was trying to express to you when you came to dinner the other night, father (laughs) so-and-so. Sometimes it's easier to do that than to have the really deep, vulnerable conversation. But sometimes then that that adds an additional voice and it really helps priests to get a a bigger, broader perspective of what it looks like in the practicals. So um, so yeah, those would be the two things. Have your priest over for dinner (laughs) and (laughs) also, you know, and don't be afraid of letting him see the messiness of your family. Don't make your house perfectly clean before he comes over. Like it's okay if there are a few things you forgot to pick up or, you know, there's a little dust laying around, like they need to see what family life is like. Um, But then, yeah, also make sure that, you know, you, you look to things like springs in the desert, you look to our office and the things we put out and some of the other ministries that are coming up. USCCB has some resources online for your marriage does that sort of thing. Um, Make use of those resources and share them because even if, your diocese is in in a place where they can create that content themselves. You as an individual member of the church do have a calling and a gift to offer to the church. And sometimes that's just a matter of, you know, amplifying the voices of those that are already sharing these gifts. So beautiful. I love what you both said and the simplicity of inviting over your priest for dinner. I mean, (laughs) just a great place to start or having a meeting, you know, and and what an opportunity, like we talk a lot about fruitfulness and opportunities to live out fruitfulness where you are right now. I mean, that's one, right? Like to exercise hospitality in that way, no matter what, you know, your home situation looks like right now. So I love that. If you know any seminarians, some people have seminarians sent to their parishes, always, always, always invite seminarians over. They are so excited. I love talking to seminarians when they've like gotten to meet different families in their parishes and they're like, eyes light up and they're like, yes, this is why I want to be a priest and everything. And so yeah, always go for the seminarians because they're just suckers <laughs> for this sort of thing and they all love it. Um, awesome. So for sure. I wanted to make sure to also to share our like handles on social media. Yes. I was going to yeah. ask, where can they okay, find perfect. you? <laughs> um, so we are at STLNFP on basically everything on Instagram and Twitter. Those are our handles. And then on Facebook too, um, or you could just search for Office of Natural Family Planning, Archdiocese of St. Louis. Um, I also want to throw in too, I also have a personal blog, which is not super updated these days, but I did write on it a good amount when we were experiencing miscarriage and infertility. So that's um, mydomesticmonastery.com. And then I'm also on social media and all the various channels at, at mydomesticmonastery. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, we'll link to um, to all of that in the show notes, both of your blogs and, um, of course, the St. Louis NFP, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're not on Twitter. That's cool. That's going to be a new one for us. <laughs> I know so, you guys aren't because I've looked several times so that I can, like, tag you on things. And I'm like, oh, they're not here yet. So <laughs> One day, maybe, we'll get there. But uh, You guys aren't really angry enough to be on Twitter, though. That's what I always tell our office, I'm like, we're not doing so well on Twitter because we're just not angry enough to be on Twitter. So more of like an Instagram vibe. There you go. Yeah, the pretty pictures. Awesome. Well, this has been such a beautiful conversation. Thank you both so much for not only being here today, but um, also just for the work that you're doing. It's just such a blessing to our community and yeah, to, to Catholics everywhere as we, you know, seek to just raise awareness about this being one aspect of, of family life. So I just want to thank you again and um, may God bless your ministry and ours. And I hope that we 
keep finding ways to to get together and collaborate and have discussions like these. So thank you both so much. Yes, thank you, too. All right. Well, um, thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Springs in the Desert podcast. May God bless you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. If you have a minute, please rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. Check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, and go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and hear about more things that we have going on. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much, and so do we. 